everyone. This is 30 Day Trial. I am Weston. I'm Clark. <laughs> and this is actually our second attempt at recording this episode. My fault. Uh, I did not have Clark's audio recording for the whole last time. So I do have a file of me talking to myself, it sounds like, which is kind of weird to <laughs> listen to. Um, but this is yeah, week number don't. two. What were you saying? I was going to say, but don't you talk to yourself all the time anyway? Like, how's, yeah. how's that different from normal? But there are, like, gaps in between. It's It probably is quite <laughs> weird to listen to. Uh, That's funny. So this is learning a foreign language week number two. Clark and I have both picked up or tried to start learning Spanish as we live in the Southwest United States, and it seemed like it would make the most sense. Um, how's it going for you, Clark? Um, it's going good. Um, I think something we told our readers or our listeners, not our readers yesterday is that I'm actually not in the Southwest right now. I'm living in Kansas city for a month. So that's, that's new. But, um, so one thing that I brought up yesterday that didn't get recorded for obvious reasons was, um, what was I going to (laughs) say? Oh, Weston, my brain just went like flat blank. What the heck? I don't know. Good thing I can edit Hold all on. this out. I know that, that that's why I'm breaking the fourth wall here is because I'm not worried about it because I know you can edit it out. Um, freak. Oh my gosh, what did I talk about? There's something very specific that I talked about. Um, talk oh yeah, burnout. burnout. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So the, the big thing that I've learned with trying to do Spanish is I had a friend who served a, a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he had a Spanish speaking mission. And when I first started doing Duolingo, which is um, for our listeners, if you don't know, that's the app that we're using to learn Spanish. Um, I was putting in like four hours a night, the first four or five nights, I was just going absolutely nuts. And he pointed out that if I did, if I tried to keep that up, I was going to burn out really fast and really hard. And I didn't believe him. And turned out really fast and really hard. And so one thing that I've learned that I can pass on to some of our listeners is that um, it's better to just be slow and steady. I mean, especially at first, you think there's so much you have to learn. You kind of want to make a big size dent in it at first, but just be more patient than that. Just um, just take it slow. You'll get there. Because if I had just taken it slow, I'd be further than I am right now. And I, I tried... And I, I took out some big chunks at first, and I would still be further now if I'd have just taken it slow and been consistent. Well, and that's um, one of the big things with everything about 30-day trial. And while we don't really talk about our day-to-day process a lot, and maybe we should start doing that more. But when you're making any type of change or trying to learn anything or get better at anything or a new habit, it is better to figure out a way to make it a lifelong habit or or passion something that you can practice and it's sustainable over periods of time obviously there's going to be life events and things that come up that shake up your whole routine and that's normal and okay but anything that's your goal or what you're going after or trying to improve yourself on picking a pace that you can maintain consistently is going to make you increase or, or whatever your goal is, you're going to reach your goal 
faster and probably at a more healthy pace than if you just try and shotgun out of the gates as fast as you can and kind of neglect some of the other parts of your life um, in pursuit of just the fastest completion of your goal possible. Right. And I, I would definitely 100% agree with that. So that was, that was my really big takeaway for sure. Was that right there? And with, um, with 30 day trial and something that I guess I don't talk a whole lot about, but I try and put in about 30 minutes to an hour every single day. And so for us month to month, even though what I'm doing in that period of time changes, it still is consistent across months for me now um, and weeks or days because it's I have something on my calendar just says 30 day trial or 30 day trial practice, whatever it is exactly. And, you know, that's stock market investing was or and then cooking and now Spanish. So even though we're switching it up, my habits are actually staying the same. Um, it's just the context of what I'm doing in those periods of time is slightly different. Right. And that's honestly the way you want to do things is just be consistent day to day. Cause with, I mean, if any of our listeners want to just kind of do what, what we're doing as we're doing it, that's the best way to do it is just to put in the time like we're putting in and you can, you can obviously learn from us, but if you then turn around and apply it, it'll be really helpful. So how about Spanish in particular? And I know we have a lot to cover kind of on language uh, um, in general, but how, what are your thoughts on the Spanish um, language and learning it? Uh, how's it going for you? So, and this is true with any language you learn, but learning that um, there's the, the literal way to say something that is technically like grammatically correct. And then there's the way that it's used in that language itself. So kind of something that we were talking about yesterday is the word to, which is you in Spanish. Um, sometimes you can say things like, um, uh, I don't even know what an example would be, but. Um, it's need versus the, the, want was the. Yeah, so like um, you can say things like um, I want to have something or I need to have something. And um, if you're talking about it first person, the yo is the Spanish word for I. So um, in some cases, like I don't and I'm not using these ones specifically. This is just an example. Uh, you could say something like, you know, I need something. And it has the word yo in front of it for I, and then you can say, I want something, but you don't have to say yo in front of it. The I is implied. And with, if you're talking to someone, the same thing goes with the word to like some sentences, depending on how they're configured, the word is implied and you don't have to say it. Mm -hmm. Give me I 10 second break really fast. Sorry, easy edit that out, but my I could tell my mom was going to start cooking dinner and it was going to be too noisy. Um, okay, so we're back to it in three, two, 
one. So the implied part of the I and the U, especially in questions, is what I've noticed. And again, for any of our listeners with Duolingo, hopefully that's correct. But I do know that we talked last time that this is a more formalized kind of Spain Spanish that they're teaching and less of a uh, Mexican Spanish or Hispanic Spanish. So it might be slightly wrong or just the different dialects around might have different variations of this rule or how you would say something. Um, but I have gotten a few things wrong on the app because I've typed it in or I haven't typed it in or I've said it or I haven't said it. And they're like, nope, that's wrong. And I'm like, okay, great. I don't understand why the difference is there, <laughs> but it's there. Yeah. So. Right. And, and imply things that are implied also can apply to, you know, other languages. Like for example, in English, if you walk up to someone and say, how are you doing? Well, that's grammatically correct. But if, if it's just someone, you know, and it's, it's just more of a public setting, you're probably just going to walk to walk up to them and say, what's up? Mm-hmm. So they're both correct, but it's some things are implied. You don't have to, you don't have to specify that you're talking to the person for them to know that when you say what's up, me, it's directed at them. That's the, that's the same kind of thing. I feel like. Yeah. And I'm looking at uh, verb conjugation charts right now. That's the, definitely the thing that still throws me off the most um, conjugating the verbs and, and how they alter differently for different um, subjects. And we kind of talked a little bit about it. And I actually think I was wrong what I said yesterday. So it's good that that one's not being published. But the the conjugation for most verbs, I'm sure there's exceptions in Spanish, just like in uh, English, but for something like eat, like como. So like yo como burrito, like I eat burrito. Uh, yeah. And then two comas, O-S at the end instead of just the O. That's what always throws me off. I always want the OS conjugation to be for the he, she, you. So, like, if I was like Clark, El Como, Burrito. Like, to me, it feels like it needs to have that S. And I think it's because in English, I would say Clark is, he eats a burrito. Or instead of like, we eat it's he is eating a burrito i don't know i feel like i'm not making that much sense and it's because and you can tell it's because my mastery of the spanish language is still very low but i mentally have to think about it and then whatever one i think it is i pick the other one and i'm usually right (laughs) yeah no the, the the conjugating the the verbs is um it, it does take a second and, and every language is different that way. So that's, that's where a little bit of memorization comes in. It's just remembering how different things are conjugated in different languages. Cause an, another big example, and this is something my, my dad doesn't know any Spanish at all, but he taught me this as a kid and it, it stands out a lot. Um, in English, you say, you know, the black car and in Spanish, you say the car black. Mm-hmm. So they're not. So you also have to take that. And so there are some sentences where you're describing an object and you have to conjugate a verb at the same time. 
And so you have to remember how to conjugate the verb and flip the, the description of the, the noun and, and different things. And it's, it's, so it, it does take some practice and some mental effort to really get a handle on that. Well, and it's just something that's hard because we grew up speaking English and I know English isn't a perfect language either with being combined from a couple different languages. It has its own list of problems. Yeah. That list is very long and extensive. Yeah. Why I didn't have perfect grades through all of my English classes as a child, even though I was an English speaker (laughs) natively, it's kind of a funny thing to be able to not have a perfect score when you feel like you have a pretty good mastery of the language, but don't understand all of the rules or the rules don't really make that much sense. Right. Right. And that's very true. Hmm. Oh, you doing okay over there? Yeah, I'm doing good. All right. (laughs) Probably have to edit that out too. That's okay. Uh, Let's see. I feel like the yesterday's flow was so much better. Yeah, our flow was better yesterday, but that's probably because we're, we're, I think we're probably trying really hard to remember what we talked about yesterday instead of just letting the conversation flow. Uh, um, well, and my dog yeah, so, is being annoying. Back up. He's like, I can, hear, I can hear him a little bit. Yeah, he's being needy for attention. Hi. Hi. Um, so we discussed a little bit too about how Spanish, as we're practicing our Spanish, talking to someone who's a native speaker or someone who's just better than us, which is at least at my level, everyone who speaks Spanish or has studied Spanish. But the um, speaking rate or the syllables per second is slightly higher on average in Spanish, which makes it a little bit more difficult to understand exactly what they're saying, especially when your uh, vocab is probably only like 50 words. (laughs) So um, that is another thing that's interesting about Spanish and just languages in general, how some of them are spoken faster or slower, even though the range isn't very big. Uh, I'm sure it has a limiting factor to do with the human brain. You know, you can only understand so many things so quickly, as well as controlling the mouth and tongue to speak those things. It's um, that's why it's very close. I'm assuming between most languages. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. Um, but I, I, you've told me that before about it, that there being more syllables per second in Spanish than English. And it makes sense. Cause I've, you know, and you try to listen to a Spanish TV show or a radio show. It's, it, it sounds like, it sounds like a machine gun. It's like, Holy crap. Wow. But that makes sense. Cause if it's, you know, one and a half more syllables per second than in English, that's 25% more syllables per second. And so you're hearing someone talk a language 25% faster than your native language and you don't understand the language 
going to sound, it's going to sound very rapid fire. Which is funny because I listen to most of my podcasts and audiobooks sped up to at least like 1.25, 1. 1.5% faster. So it's just the mastery and understanding it's having to think about every single word. Like right now, as I'm speaking, I'm not mentally concerned about what the next word is that's about to come out of my mouth. My brain just understands the thought that I'm trying to make and orders everything smoothly and quickly. Where in Spanish, if I had to say what I just said in the last 15 seconds, it would probably, one, I'd have to look up most of the words, but it would also be at least a minute long of me stumbling over each of the words to make sure that I was pronouncing each letter and vowel correctly and having the conjugations right and the verbs and subjects in the right order. It, I mean, it would take me, it would be like a homework assignment basically where in English I just yeah. say it and don't have to think about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that would make a big difference. what are you going to do to continue getting better before we talk? I know I'm going to try and find a podcast in Spanish to listen to and, see if I have any idea what they're talking about and definitely slow it down a little bit instead of being over a hundred percent. I'll probably put it at like 75%. That's actually a good idea. I think I want to do that too and see, and then we can kind of talk about how that experience was. Cause if we ever want to get good at Spanish, we actually will have to be able to hold the conversation with someone at some point. Well, I wonder what, um, I, I've never looked at podcasts in Spanish. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they have any that are like fairy tales or maybe stories that, you know, we would know. Because if we just listen to like today's news in Spanish, we're probably not going to pick up on as many, especially if the news was from like Portugal or southern Mexico or something where, you know, we don't know what's going on. Or unless I don't, I don't know if you know very detailed world news stories, but like if I could listen to Little Red Riding Hood or The Three Little Pigs, almost exactly how we learn English as children, that might be a good way to develop our vocabulary. And because we're familiar with the story, it's we might be able to pick up on what some of the words mean that we don't actually know. Right. Right. So that, I, I agree. I think that's a good idea. Well, I feel like we have some homework to do and to continue doing it every day to avoid some burnout. I know my dog's going crazy, which I'm sure everyone's heard, but uh, I'd say this is good for an intermediate check. And I think week two is always the hardest because it kind of feels like week one, but you've just learned just enough to talk about it, but not a whole lot to be inspiring maybe. So I'm good for, well, it's tonight while well, we're recording tonight, but any last thoughts or comments, Clark? Oh, okay. oh sorry. You're going to edit that. You're gonna have to edit that out. That was a really big yawn. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, last thoughts. I, I, you know, it's, it's hard to have a last thought just because kind of like I feel like what you're saying. Week two. <laughs> Wait, I have ADD. When did this happen? Oh, uh, exactly. 
No, it just feels hard because it's week two, which just feels like an extension of week one, but you're not, you don't really have anything profound to talk about quite yet. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's say goals for week three is to be able to feel comfortable enough to have conversations, a few conversations in Spanish on the podcast. I'm sure anyone who listens to Spanish will laugh at my pronunciation of Spanish words. It's always been bad. It will be bad. But I don't know. I've just accepted it. My spelling in English is bad too. So that's going to be what it is. And then we will... Probably not share with the listeners, but if we find if you find a good podcast, let me know. Like I like I said, I'm looking for children's stories, probably or like mythology stories, something. And maybe we can record ourselves ordering some food in Spanish because I think we talked about that in week number one and post that up as a little ending note for next week and i'm sure it'll be funny as i order my breakfast burrito with frijoles because i like breakfast burritos with beans and everyone thinks that's weird but don't knock it till you try it because it's delicious <laughs> Fair enough. all right 30-day trial week number two foreign language specifically spanish that's all and we will talk to you next time <laughs>